The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 147 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. How are we all doing this weekend? Fantastic. Beautiful weekend in Montreal. Beautiful fall weather. Time for some fall cooking. Got some of that done. It's always nice. Are you making my jalapeno jelly? Not this year, my friend. I feel the collective slump. Oh, <laughs> it was really good though. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I missed my gardening this year. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's just jump right into the show here. So we have uh, we've got. I, I just dropped an episode of Quick Hits for our uh, powerful Jedi into the uh, Patreon feed. Hope you guys got to check that out. Turned out to be a little ju- mini journals of the willing. Uh, so, yeah, my voice is all warmed up, and uh, Eric is going to get to hear that because he jumped up into the powerful Jedi tier, so thank you, Eric. Never really got nice. a chance to thank you there, but uh, thanks, buddy. Much, much appreciated. Love that guy. Yeah, we go way back, Eric and me. <laughs> He's a champ. Absolutely. Uh well, guys, I don't have anything else really to lead off the show with, so we can just jump straight into a collecting update if anybody has anything. I got you, bro. Actually, it was pretty sweet, man. I went, I went to a few different places this weekend. Like, picked up, uh, I know, the playing cards, but there was a Jim Lee set, which is actually really nice. So that was it. Comes it came in like a tin case and everything. Got some Rick and Morty cards as well. <laughs> Got lots of books, man, for like super cheap. Like, you know those kids' books of like Avengers and stuff, hardcovers? They're like pushing about 20 bucks. I got them for like three bucks. So I was like, score. Anyway, yeah, I got a few things like that. I scored a copy of The Hobbit, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like, is Daredevil that, sorry, novel. Is that, is that reading material for you? Uh, Well, no, I read, I read those Avengers stuff with my kid there. <laughs> I got him a whole bunch of stuff like that. It was pretty Whoosh. awesome. Whatever. It's fun to read them, though. It's better than reading, like, you know, Little Owl Lost or something. But, uh, yeah, then also in, I found a couple of Thrawns, the three and three quarters. There was, like, two of them on the, on the pegs for, like, three bucks or something. I was like, okay, I'm grabbing both of them. I don't know why, even though I, I think I already have them in duplicate already. Uh, well, that's, that's funny a... because that Thrawn figure, I thought that three and three quarters, it's with the Rogue One packaging, right? Yeah, I had, I was under the impression that that particular Thrawn was tough to get. I don't know if that's a local thing or if it was really a scarce figure. But if if something shows up in a in a dollar store, it's over. Like that that it's it's no longer an item to uh, to be coveted. Yeah, I think I th- there was something there with like the first and second wave of when he came out. That there's one that's a little more sought after, I believe. But anyhow, at this, I got at the same place. I think Sanjay had spoken about something like this. It was like a six-inch, uh, what was it, DC multiverse? 
It was a Suicide Squad Rick flag. Again, like three bucks. I was like, just give it to my kid, open it, whatever. I don't care. Like, there's so many cool guns and stuff in it. And I, I, I want to ask the powerful friends uh, and you guys. And I, actually, Carlos, I don't really care what you think here, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's basically they had at least probably maybe five to ten Ezra Infinity figures, those little bunums they they're not opposable you know from that video game but they're actually really nice and they had a couple of obi ones as well so at that price like i just think we should just scoop them all up and like the next 10 winners whatever just get one on top of the regular the regular uh gift or whatever you know the prize but i need to know if everyone likes ezra enough you know carlos <laughs> shut up i have no comment Anyway, other than that, I got to, I couldn't resist, man. I found a Bespin Leia three and three quarter. I know I said it was done with that, but Leia Hoth, you know, that's from the solo line. It. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. It's man. a it's a I nice mean, figure. Uh, the the artwork of her on the card is actually really nice too. So that's yeah, that's a, that's a great figure. I scooped that one up the second I saw it. Then the last one, I got uh, an Ahsoka Funko Pop. Nice from the. Yeah, the Clone Wars one. You found so, you found that at uh, EB Games. Yep, needed that man. So I was like, scoop. It was a, between that and Emphy's Nest. So like, I kind of took a gamble there. We'll see if Emphy's Nest is around in the coming weeks. I would think so. Yeah, I would. I would have sprung for the Ahsoka as well. That's the that's one thing. A big hole for my Ahsoka collection is is a Funko. I've got to get that fixed. Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, well, if you if you stop by again, maybe think of think of uh, your older brother there for a second. Yeah, there was only one. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, that was classic. Unbelievable. I did get you a Thrawn, and again, that could be for our powerful friends as well. But like I said, I scooped up two, and I know I already have some, but I'll have to have a look at all of them before giving any away. So. <laughs> Uh, Carlos, do you have anything to share this week? Uh, no, I think we talked about it on um, on Set Disturbers that I, I got the uh, Lego Brickheads uh, Luke uh, and Yoda and the uh, the Princess Leia from A New Hope, uh, little Brickheads, and uh, we built uh, the first two, and I'm still waiting to build the um, the Princess Leia, uh, and uh, that's about it. It's 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 quiet on my end. Um, I will be giving away uh, the Microfighter Millennium Falcon uh, probably at the end of this month on my uh, my Patreon campaign. So we'll see. We'll uh, we'll check that out. We need cool. to we need to get we need to get some more patrons on board. Well, there you go. There's there's the cry, folks. The bat signal is up. Go check out uh, Carlos's Patreon page. You like music, don't you? <laughs> Most people do. <laughs> most yeah most people do if you want some more of it uh, you, you know where to go uh yeah things are quiet for me as well on the collecting front i have nada to share i had a couple opportunities to scoop up a, some things that i had kind of wanted but nope i'm looking to uh maintain some focus for once i i always come on the show and laugh at myself because i've broken that focus and relapsed into full-on chaos but no i'm going to try and actually stick to it this time so yay me 
Uh, all right, so uh, the news before the news, Corey. Oscar Isaac spoke this weekend and said that episode 9 is looser and more improvisational than past films. You have, you have a take on that, Corey? Oh, I got nothing to say. No? no I'm joking, whatever. No, there was uh Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, kind of speaks to, like, again, what the article had said, like, it's a testament to J.J. in a way that uh, you know, doesn't necessarily have to stick to the plan, and, and the actors are feeling very comfortable around him. You know what I mean? Like the first episode of this sequel trilogy, it's probably a lot of pressure on everybody to get this thing right. Episode eight was very controversial, and I think Ryan had a very uh, his vision. You know, so I'm sure it was very much directed in that sense. But you know, if JJ is going to let this stuff go, like obviously they're not going to be changing the script anywhere here. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, just little things that if the actors feel the need, they have the opportunity. It's going to make them feel more relaxed, and it's going to lead to probably better performances on their part. Like, fun is good, you know, relaxed is good. But uh, it, things like this, you know, we, we've seen it before in Star Wars and many other films that it has the potential to be great. Like, look at Ragnarok, uh, Indiana Jones, even parts of Star Wars as well, you know, like little tidbits. They're not changing the story significantly, but they're adding so much depth to it because it's it's just so much more natural well i hope so i mean have we gotten that line like the the i love you i know part that's but famously improvisational have we gotten that iconic quotable line in this trilogy yet hmm. i want to say no i don't think we've gotten that big line i mean i know i know now everything is about the meme rather than the quote. But I, I don't think we've gotten a whole lot but of that, quotable stuff that, in this trilogy. That too was improvisational. I don't know. What do you think, Carlos? Is there really a, a line from this trilogy so far that stands out as, as one that will stand the test of time? Uh, just, I guess Yoda's uh, line of, uh, we are what they grow beyond that's the true burden of the master or something along those lines. That is a good line. Yeah. It's, for me, that, that stands out. And also, uh, wow. Amazing. Everything you said was wrong. Yeah. It's so good. That's a pretty good. Yeah. You talk first. I talk first. That, that one's yeah, up that, there. Yeah. That one's pretty cool. That one's, it's my I'm boy really ball. That's not yeah. how the force works. I think that one's probably up there. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Now, Carlos, do you have a take on what... Uh, so maybe, I guess I'll read the quote just to give some context for those who haven't heard it. Um, so Oscar said, and this is to IndieWire, he says, the way they've been shooting it right now is looser than it's been for the past two times. It does feel like a relief to get on set and feel like, oh, we can try things. It's a testament to JJ coming back and feeling confident. There's less pressure for it to be right. We just want to make a good movie and have a really good time while doing it. Do you feel anything? Does, does that anything about that strike you in any way, Carlos? It's very cringy. There's there's things in there that I don't like hearing. I don't like to hear that it's looser. I don't like to hear that there's less pressure on getting it right. Like, getting it right should be at the top of the list of things that need to be done. I don't know. It just, it's a little, 
I never, I never said this about Oscar Isaac before, but I'm at, I'm at the point where he should start taking the page from, from Todd Fisher and, <laughs> and just <laughs> take some quiet pills. Yeah, take some quiet pills because uh, you've been talking, you've been flapping your gums a little too much. That, that's that's my my first my first reaction was to cringe and say, ugh, no, just say less. Because when you start giving too much credit to JJ off the bat before. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's scary. I I, I, <laughs> I I'm hoping that I'm wrong, and I'm hoping that I'm I'm just um, maybe a little too invested in the 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 outcome of of the trilogy itself, um, and that maybe once the movie comes out and I sit down and watch it, I'll be able to breathe a little a little sigh of relief. Uh, but up until from now till then, I don't know if that's going to happen. I just think that it's going to be a constant barrage of quotes that make me cringe. Yeah, I mean if they're if they feel less pressure and they feel looser on set, I'm confident that that will translate to something better on screen. That said, we never got the sense that they were wound up so tight on either TFA or the last Jedi. I never got that sense. In fact, everybody kind of says, oh, it was amazing. I had the best, I had the time of my life shooting these movies. So I don't know. I, I tend to take these comments with a grain of salt. We, we talked about before the show. Do we even want to talk about this? I don't know. I, I don't get a whole lot out of this. I, at the end of the day, they're going to shoot what's in the script. And they might color outside the lines a little bit. But, eh, you know, I don't, I don't think that... Uh, this is going to really... If, if we had never heard this, we'd never know. I think some of it comes off pretty well on screen. Like I said, like the Ragnarok thing. It's like you could almost pinpoint the moments in the movie where they're doing it. You wouldn't know it, that. It's though. gold. You wouldn't know if you weren't if, if they didn't tell you that it was... If something was improvised. No, but... It's like... Nobody like, knew I, I Love You, I Know was improvised until they told us. No, it was perfect. Like, ooh. But they probably reshot that. Like, oh, we got to do that again. <laughs> That was perfect. That's what I mean. Like it's nobody will ever know unless somebody pulls back the curtain and tells you these kind of things. So I don't know. Uh, I, I agree that there's there's some things in here that could be taken as worrisome. At the end of the day, I think they're they're, they're all going to do their job. They, they they know what they're doing at this point. Everything will be fine. This is just, you know, you know, I think the clickbait press will get their hands on this. And by tomorrow, by the time this podcast hits the feeds, we'll see some some uh, clickbaity stuff saying, oh, there there's less less pressure. They they just want to have they, they want to make a good movie and have a good time doing it. That must mean they have a they had a bad time doing it before. And yeah, I, I would expect certain uh, certain YouTubers out there to have a little bit of a little bit of playtime with this one. Zero, Mike Zero. <coughs> <laughs> Me, it's more the budget thing that I'm I'm kind of like, you know, we've had like follow before with past films because people were kind of going down that road. So again, it kind of really like Kyle said, like speaks to they're sticking to the script. Small things, it's fine. But it's good that they don't feel the pressure so much. I think you know, they all understand the uh, gravitas of the situation here and to, to put everyone at ease is gonna lend to a better film. Well, I wonder if the climate in fandom, like everybody's got to, they must go into this, specifically the key players, come into this movie 
knowing that there's a target on their back. It's like, what a bunch of losers. So I wonder if any of that tension, ha- they have to be a little bit tense, knowing that this is the final film of a, of a trilogy that's been somewhat uh, controversial. And if, if they just feel a little added pressure to make up for that in some way. And I wonder if just this, this little change in the way you approach filming the movie just lets the actors loosen up just enough to uh, mitigate or nullify that tension. Maybe that's all this is. Maybe that's, maybe that's the benefit here. Anyway, there you go. We made something of that. <laughs> High fives, guys. Very nice. Okay, so, uh, Corey, do you want to talk about uh, Resistance Episode 2, the triple dark here, real quick? Yep, yep. Carlos, are you going to hang around and, and uh, get, get spoiled, or are you going to step away for a few minutes? No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna watch it tomorrow, so it's not, uh, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. Uh, I don't. Uh, if this was episode nine, I'd punch you in the gonads. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's go. I want to hear. All right, so skip ahead five, five, seven minutes if you've not, uh, if you've not watched episode two, the triple dark yet. Uh, Corey, what were your impressions? Pretty standard second uh, episode, I would think, you know. First and foremost, I want to say the triple dark thing. I was kind of, you know, kind of almost right in my assumption that, like, it was a place or a thing or a something, you know what I mean? It wasn't, uh, like, it had to allude to something, and it was it was alluding to a special type of storm, which I thought was pretty cool. But all in all, yeah, fun episode. Went by <clears throat> way too quickly. Uh, again, just getting ourselves situated on the Colossus and with Kaz as being the main character, some of his surroundings. The animation style is not lacking at all. It's very impressive. I'm really, really liking it. As Kiko would say, it's slick. Uh, it's kind of like Icon Candyman. Um, and, you know, we saw our first look at the pirates. I think that's pretty interesting. Looks like they're going to have a much larger role moving forward, like working. For the first order, I think that's going to be the big connection in this this uh, this series. Uh, I don't know. We got to look at the the Colossus as well. Its defense system and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Like its cannons, I was, I was pretty into it at that point. So yeah, all in all, good episode. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It was fun. It looked great. That, that's you know, the more I watch this show, the the more I think the show looks terrific. Uh, one thing that I don't know if it's, if I can call this a criticism or not, but I feel like with the first like last week's premiere, the you know forty eight minute premiere, whatever it was, and this week's the triple dark, it's like the episode is split starkly in two. Where this it's like here's a bunch of setup, and then abruptly we get into like a race or a battle, like we saw in in this uh, uh, the, the triple dark with the pirate pirate attack. It just seems... It would happen quickly. <laughs> yeah, just, like, it seems... To, the episode seems to turn on a dime. And At it, least you're able to see that, that Kaz is able to p- kind of pick up on things. Like, he's putting the pieces together, being like... And he's right, you know? So, like, it's that certain je ne sais quoi that Posey sees in him. I guess, well, yeah. I mean, the episode starts out with Kaz saying, like, I don't know how to spy. Like, he doesn't know the first thing about where he's supposed to go with this mission. Uh, nor does he... Nor his job there, his, air quotes, job, 
his cover job is to be a mechanic, and he doesn't know how to do that either. So to say this guy's in over his head is quite the understatement. Like, he, he doesn't know anything. He's a total fish out of water here. Like, even his cover-up lies are bad. As, you know, when he's trying to make cover for himself, even that comes off as bad. And it's, I don't say that in a, they wrote it poorly way. I mean, they wrote it well in that this character is so lost. Um, and I think he's not horrible though. He kind of knows stuff. He's just eh. not as anywhere up to date with any of that. No, he's he has no idea what he's doing. Especially I think with by the, the spying, end, the mechanics yeah, very naive, right? Like he's very naive. Like Paul kind of thrusts him into that whole thing. So yeah, exactly. I think slowly, slowly, we're gonna see his character grow like that. Like he had a few run-ins already, and he seems to be uh, accident prone. Or well, yeah, his his. Well, yeah, his cluelessness and his clumsiness to this point, two episodes in, it's been it's pretty endearing. But he saved the day. Well, yeah, and that's one thing too. I was I have on my list here is that I was kind of hoping that he would get recognition for his efforts. I think Jaeger probably knew because he was out on the platform. He knew something else is what drove the pirates away. The pilots also knew, but they didn't know that he was out there, and he doesn't take credit for it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's true too. Um, yeah, I, I give I give a lot of credit to Christopher Sean and his voice acting to getting me to to buy in to this to this character and how lost he truly is and and again a fish out of water he really is. Um, but by the end of the episode, you're right. He, like he had a little scheme, which which was a a plan that really. Uh, he's a pilot, right? You would think that he would have been, all right, let's, he's going to go and he's going to fix, fix the fireball in 30 seconds flat and then get out there and take out the pirates. Like that's kind of yeah. what you think he would have done. But, uh, he, you know, un- mm. under pressure, he found an- another way. And I, we don't need to spoil what he did to, to, uh, help the, 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 what the aces. Yeah. That's what they called the aces. Still not used to this whole naming thing yet. Uh, kind of get rid of the pirates Thwart, thwart their attack for now, but I think you know the biggest takeaway for me anyway was was right or wrong. Like Kaz is on his own, and he's he has screwed up a whole lot in these two episodes. He's been it. How many skirmishes has his uh, idiocy caused? He and, must. He gained a lot of respect in that first race, I think. Right, but he's he's always he's always getting into scraps. <laughs> like people are always trying to, like chase him down and beat the hell out of him for something he's done whether he owes the, owes the money or gribble through <laughs> a, a dart in their back like all these things keep happening to him um so so like i said like right or wrong he's on his own and jaeger either when it comes to like what kaz did to save the day either jaeger doesn't know what he did or he doesn't care that he knew about the, the, the whole spy, the, the whole pirate spy thing. Cause we saw him, we saw him sort of catch wind of what's, what's about to happen. Right. He connected some dots. Either Jaeger doesn't know or doesn't care because he is, he has previously said that I don't want to know anything about your spy spy mission. Yeah. But you know, that's a lie. Like, you know, he's a softie at heart. He's just looking out for Kaz. Something bad's going to happen to Jaeger. <laughs> well, he's no but- doubt going to get pulled into it. I, I, at least, 
that's my. But he looks like a smart guy. There's something about this guy, like Poe knowing him. He's had a past that's probably, I don't know, dotted with like within the rebellion and. Well, he's I don't a, know. He's a former rebellion pilot, so I think you know anybody who joins into the rebellion probably has an axe to grind against the empire and probably had it tough for a good stretch of their life. Now that he's out of that, you know he probably wants to stay out, but his 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 moral compass will pull him back in. Well, you know what's interesting too. I, th- I mean, I think this is the case anyhow. When you see Star Wars Resistance, the logo. That looks like the fireball, right? Sure. Okay, so that means at one point it's probably going to get repaired tip-top, man, which is going to be pretty awesome. Like, I'm really curious to see, and I think it's only, I think it's inevitable in an eventuality that uh, Kaz is eventually going to become one of the aces. Like, I thought that was really cool tonight when, I, I didn't expect that, you know? Like, the the aces were scrambled to take on the pirates, like. Although the, the racers are kind of like super coveted, you know what I mean? Like you think you would dispatch some like lackeys. Well, we, but knew, no. we knew that. That was part of the synopsis that when they're not racing, they they defend the station. Cool. That is that is their job when they're not racing. Like the racing is sort of a pastime to earn a few extra bucks. Uh, you know, one thing that they kept from us was... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you skip ahead uh, six, seven minutes, we're at eight minutes now. So <laughs> skip... Skip ahead another three, four minutes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, anyway, like you said, Corey, fun episode. And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward again to next week's. But not, I, I got a, a question for you. For, I got a question for you in regards to this series. Like recently, we had heard uh, confirmation that this show will have overlap with The Force Awakens. That being the case, um. Like, basically, I don't know how far they're going to get into <clears throat> his storyline, Kaz's storyline, and possible Starkiller connection, but I think we're under the impression that his father is a governor or a senator, perhaps. So what if they can't kind of connect it in that sense that his father is in or on the Hosnian Prime? Well, he is. That's, our, that's so official. His father's name is uh, Hamato Ziono. If I'm not mistaken, he's a senator on Hosnian Prime. Uh, Kaz is from Hosnian Prime. And, uh, yeah, we, we obviously don't know which side of the political aisle his father comes from. But, yeah, we, we kind of threw this out there on the Facebook group this week. Um, Rick chimed in. and like, I, I, have a, I have a theory that uh, the First Order will... I think Kaz's work, his, his spy work, will lead him to uncovering something and i think this is where rick chimed in in the group said oh this is or maybe it was on the patreon community tab uh kaz's father might be a first order sympathizer and kaz will come to realize that and simultaneously the first order like kaz's cover is blown the first order realizes it and now we're overlapping into tfa and that's the this is the trigger for for hux to say well you know, th- things are about to get hot. Let's use the weapon. Let's blow up Hosni <laughs> and Prime. And in doing so, would would also cover his tracks, cover their tracks as the First Order uh, and not let, th- you know, not let their secrets be spilled too much. And I think that would, uh, that would give Kaz a pretty dark turn. Well, or at, le- at least some baggage. 
to, to, for him to know that he's responsible for the destruction of Hostine Prime. Yeah, that would be pretty pretty crappy. Especially, like, even if they don't go down that route, they have so many possibilities. Like you said, Kyle, like, I didn't know it was his home world. His father's at play. His father can turn bad or be destroyed in the explosion. So there's a lot to play on there. So it leads, well, kind of makes me wonder, can he have possibly, like, a Snap Wexley-esque role in episode nine maybe you know mm, you think we see him in in the flesh i mean why not i mean he's there's overlap between this show and the force awakens and the force or the last jedi takes place maybe a couple weeks later like a month at max I, no one knows yeah it's it's tough to say uh, I, I don't think we'll see him to be honest with you but uh, who knows? Maybe we will. I just I I'm I'm not seeing it at this point. All right, there we go. How we uh, Carlos Clock, uh, the Clockmaster here. How uh, are we at the three four minute ahead part? Yeah, you want five, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. All right. It's all it's speculation more than ruining the actual show itself. So we did good. All right, more high fives. Jeez. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Very nice. We're done with our resistance chat for this week, so uh, tune in again next week, and we'll talk about uh, the episode three. I forget what that one's called. F- uh, Fuel for the fire. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, lastly, here, last bit of news for this week. This is a cool piece, man. But what's left of the Empire during the time of the Mandalorian? So this comes courtesy of MSW. And Jason and his team there have been absolutely crushing the reporting on this show. And I, it's, by the time Jason's done, we may not even have to watch the show. We, we may know everything about it. Um, so just to set this up, Jason had so again, potential spoilers for The Mandalorian. If you don't want to know anything about this, uh, skip ahead maybe. Uh, if I say 10 minutes, make it 12. <laughs> give me that two minute buffer so Jason among his the many set picks he's been able to, to gather there's some stormtroopers in a couple shots and which is interesting because this is supposed to be post imperial occupation so what is going on here like we know from other materials that the empires fled to the unknown regions to regroup and of course that that's very much the premise of the aftermath series so I'm curious, like they're off in the unknown regions to regroup, but I, I guess, some, I guess there's a, there's a possibility that some Imperial groups splintered off or ended up cut off from the main Imperial group and st- started operating in smaller uh, factions or acting as some type of uh, militia. Like who, who knows if this will be a through line of the show, but I can see a situation where, uh, the Mandalorian, our, our hero or anti-hero, ends up in a situation where this this fake imperial occupying force, you know, trying to like bully a, a town or a village or something like that to take it over, and he has to kind of swoop in here and and squash the threat. So that's that's kind of where my head went when I saw stormtroopers. And Carlos, where do you what what happens to your brain when you think stormtroopers in this show? Um, 
I think that, uh, like you said, they, they went out to, like my first, my first instinct is they went out to, to the outer rim to, to regroup, as you said, and depending on what outpost they're at, like sometimes you have strong leaders who are able to, to keep people on, uh, even when the head, uh, the head is cut off the snake. There's still, it's still a cog. There's still a cog in, in the in the machine. The machine still exists uh, in certain in certain areas. So I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe there's. My first instinct was they're on a world where the empire uh, is uh, has a presence, but the local governor or the crime syndicate is actually hiring the empire to do their own bidding. So the, the the stormtroopers were there uh, as uh, emblems or symbols of the empire were actually doing the bidding of a crime lord or maybe a bounty hunter or somebody who had control of that system. So they're they're just kept on just to keep that semblance of control. Yeah, you touch on something interesting there because that that's one of the things that happened with the empire after Palpatine was killed is. You know, being a propaganda machine, they they the the empire officially denied Palpatine's death, and they they tried to keep things business as usual for as long as they could. So that we we could be witnessing some of that here, where there's some people, some parts of the empire still operating as if nothing's wrong. They're you know they're so so far out there in the galaxy that there's no need for them to even know. Or acknowledge or operate as if Palpatine's gone and the Empire's been dismantled. This is post Battle of Jakku, so I, I assume that the peace concordance on uh, is it Coruscant, wherever it was signed, Chandrila, between Mon Mothma. Alastair. And... <laughs> no, it was uh, Mon Mothma and Masameda. They kind of signed that treaty that officially disbanded the Empire and brought about the end of the Civil War. But yeah, maybe the message didn't get through to all the uh, the Imperial remnants. Uh, Corey, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> going to kind of repeat myself, just like you guys said, like vast amount of resources left from the Empire after the Battle of Endor. You know, it's not like the, everything died there. They had fleets and armadas placed throughout the entire galaxy. So yeah, it's possible, like you guys said, they had regrouped and they laid the foundations for the future First Order. So... I mean, they kind of do succeed in that sense. And it does, like you guys have both said, makes absolute sense that they would head to the outskirts into this lawless land where they can either operate on their own undisturbed and, you know, just uh, like regroup. Or I like what you guys have said, too, in a way. I didn't thought of that, that possibly it's kind of like the, the higher ups know possibly that Palpatine's dead, but the the lackeys don't. And they kind of just say, like, yeah, or they don't even know. Maybe Palpatine, they think Palpatine is still alive, possibly. But, again, like we've seen this in Battlefront. There's there's protocols in place after his death, so, for things to keep going. So, no, it's, it, it's Palpatine's Operation Cinder was to burn it all down if he were to die. Really, eh? Yeah. Like, just, his thing was, if, if I die, you as the Empire don't deserve to live if you can't keep the Emperor alive. So Operation Cinder was to just destroy everything. 
Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. But, <laughs> it was pretty pretty wild stuff. Either way, we see them. I think this is as far as we can go with that. Personally, I hope we just get a sniff. I don't necessarily want them to be the focus of this story. I don't want the story to revolve around them. You had brought up an interesting point, Kyle, in saying, you know, kind of makes sense. Outskirts, lawless land. Uh, these guys are like bullying a certain planet and the Mando gets involved or whatever, like Rambo. Well, that, that's but, ve- it's very spaghetti Western, right? For Yeah. For this guy who probably doesn't want to be there, but knows he can help and he sees this imperial remnant and he's like oh god i gotta clear these guys out they're 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 killing these poor people let me take care of this that's that's well personally i i I hope they just keep us keep them in the background so as to keep things a little comfortable but i don't necessarily want to see them as the focus of the story i mean i'm ready to break away from that at all you know like they're they're gonna show it that's cool it could be a part of a story or episode or two but again i really hope this this story's not revolving around that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, we don't know really all that much about the show. We don't know if this is a uh, if this Mandalorian is going to be planet hopping from from planet to planet, from, you know, episode to episode, like Littlest Hobo. We made that reference last week. Or if this is he's on this one particular planet f- doing whatever else, you know. That's one way to keep a budget down is, is limit the number of sets you work on and uh, yeah, keep everything on one planet. That's not very Star Wars, but that could be what they do here. Like I don't know what else those stormtroopers could be doing. Like we, you know, we see in, in Rogue One or Rebels or or whatnot. Like somebody has scavenged stormtrooper parts. Like these stormtroopers from the, the pictures that Jason had posted, they look. These look like full-blown stormtroopers. They look like Imperial stormtroopers ready for action. So I, I gotta believe that these are people still somehow connected and believing believing in and working for the Empire. Anything else? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're good. Did you guys see the John Favreau? He's still at it. I, I like that he's doing this. Yeah, that was a good tease, man. The you're talking about the weapon. Yeah, so he, he's he posted the. Uh, they're doing this. So the the right rifle that we saw slung across the Mandalorian's back, is being pulled right out of the holiday special. It's got those two metal forks at the front. Wild stuff, man. I'm I love that they don't throw anything out. That they keep everything and and when when appropriate they bring it back. You know what that makes cool the holiday special see. canon. Shut your face. <laughs> you, do, you do not want to bear those scars. If you have not watched that. Oh, man. I, I don't even know what to tell people. Like, avoid it at all costs or you need to see it. It's so bad. Yeah. But that Boba Fett segment is, is actually worth looking for. So if you can find just that, that you know, few minutes on YouTube, watch that. And then I don't know what to tell you, man. If, if you're a sucker for punishment, watch the rest of it. If uh, if you want to keep if you want to sleep well at night, don't watch the rest of the holiday special. <laughs> and uh, John Favreau also posted a picture of what appeared to be an ice cream maker, the Wilro Hood ice cream maker. <laughs> I didn't see that. You didn't see that one? No. Nice close up shot. People had people had a bit more of a freak out over that than they did over the uh, <laughs> the uh, Mandalorian weapon. 
Wilbro lives. Anyway, not that I, th I, I doubt he'll be making an appearance in this. Shut your mouth. <laughs> that would be. That would be about pretty, Will, that Will Rowe Hood. <laughs> wouldn't that be something if they brought Will Rowe Hood back? That would be wild. But Will Rowe Hood's the Mandalorian running an ice cream shop out in the uh, the unknown regions. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. Anyway, there's some Mandalorian talk for the week. Can we? I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. But how, how do you guys want this to be digested? Because this is something I heard on Full of Sith last week. And it, they kind of articulated something that was kicking around in my brain. Like, typically when I'm watching a show on Netflix, I prefer that the show be delivered in its entirety. All the episodes so I can just binge them at my own pace. So, you know, that applies like to the Marvel shows. Uh, recently, I, uh, my wife and I did Lost in Space. I want them all at once because I'm not, I'm not in these social media circles where I'm going to get spoiled. And if I do, eh, I don't really care that much. I'm not so invested in those. But in, in this case with Star Wars, I, I kind of want The Mandalorian and Clone Wars to maybe be doled out one episode per week. Just so that we have time to watch an episode, get together and talk about it, and not have to worry about hopping onto social media and getting spoiled. Because I guarantee, whenever these, if, if both of these shows, Clone Wars and The Mandalorian, are ready by the time the streaming service hits, it's going to be chaos on social media. Because everybody's going to make a beeline for one or the other, binge it, and then spoilers are going to be all over the place before you know it. And it, That's a good point. Podcasts are going to, boy, it's it's going to be, <laughs> the podcasting landscape is going to get messy because some people are going to break down all the episodes immediately. So you might have to put your some of your favorite shows on the shelf for a while while you watch it. Or I don't know. It's you know what I mean, right? It's gonna this well, is gonna be so let's, fragmented. Let's use resistance as a, an example, kind of. I think a lot of people have access to I don't know how many episodes as of yet, but. From what I gather, I think people have seen the entire season. Uh, no. No, eh? No, no. Maybe the first half? I don't know. Yeah. From what I hear, like... The, fir the first the, three the, episodes are out there. I don't know if yeah, there's... Eh? I don't think anything beyond that is available just yet. Okay. Because, yeah, the first... But that's kind of a judge marker as well, kind of in uh, in the sense that the first night it came out, we were recording. I uh, looked on Twitter or Facebook. Well, yeah, it was Twitter, obviously, but... Just, yeah, like people were saying, like, oh, like, first, ho however many episodes, so good, you know, like, and I was like, what? Like, how did you get to see, like, that many at once, you know? thought they were going to dull it out one, one at a time, but I'm on the same page as that, too. Like, let us digest these episodes, and I don't know, there's something to be said about binging, but at the same time, like, when it comes to something like this, like, at least a week, you know? No, it sucks, because you know there's going to be that one douchebag who's going who's gonna to watch the last episode first. <laughs> just to, just to right. get it out there first. Ugh. I didn't. Ugh. I I didn't go that far with that train of thought, but you're absolutely right, Carlos. Somebody will do that. Somebody will absolutely do that. And make no like, don't make like somebody is going gonna go the minute this thing opens. If it's if available to watch everything at once, they will. Somebody, some jobless person with nothing to do but other than to watch TV, is gonna watch. All the Clone Wars, all the Mandalorian, and is going to just spoil everything. And this fandom is big enough 
that a lot of people are going to do that. And, and the blog front and the podcast front, I'm telling you, it's going to be a mess. Like people are just gonna, people are going to pick one or the other and like really start breaking down everything at once. It's going to be really, really weird next year when, when uh, these episodes drop. So I, but that said, if, if I, if I can, yeah, that said, give me everything all at once. Cause I want to binge it. <laughs> Yeah, that, I don't. Yeah, like I kind of. That, that's want... the way I look at it. Like I, I I'm, I'm gonna stay off. I, I will definitely stay off social media, and I'll, I'll binge it uh, before uh, taking the step back into the real world. Um, and just to, to, to give a, um, a parallel, uh, I just, uh, I, I started and binged and finished, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Uh, on Netflix, which I heard was really good, and I watched the first two episodes Friday night, and I watched a couple yesterday, and I finished the rest today. So it's ten episodes, uh, like ranging in anywhere between forty something to forty something minutes to an hour and eight minutes. Uh, yeah, and I and I killed it all. I I prefer that personally. I prefer that because the weight. I mean, if, if they're producing it as they go, it's a different story. But if it's all done, just give it to me. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't hold it back just to hold it back. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. I want it all. <laughs> and I'll binge it. I don't care. I'll stay off Twitter. I, I, I don't... Uh, a rat's ass shall not be given. <laughs> if this was this Sith Disturbers, you would have said something entirely different. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Ugh. Well, there's you know, there's potential on day one of us waking up to a, a full season of Clone Wars and a full season of, of The Mandalorian, and that that that's going to be amazing to see. Um, so Corey, you're you're one like dole it out slowly. Uh, well, I know I'm going like to watch there, it slowly. There's, you know there's what I mean? No like, wrong I, answer here. I I, I like, uh, I would like to be able to binge it after the fact. You know what I mean? But sometimes I like to watch an episode several times. And you don't possibly, like you said, the podcasting once a week, you have a whole week to kind of like digest it. You know what I mean? I want to be able to, cause I will binge it if it does come like that. And I just think it's going to uh, take away from certain episodes. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like let these, each of these directors shine kind of like give them their spotlight for a few weeks, whatever it is. Like that's like, you know, that's actually a very good point. That's actually a very good point in that this, you know, I don't know how much help this service will need getting off the ground. Probably not that much, but if they, if they did space out the releases of each in between, they could have a week of, of promo material for that episode and get that director, you know, sound like get, get them on social media, have them have, get them on the star Wars show, stuff like that. And just promote each episode that these directors are doing rather than just dropping it all. And then saying, all right, now we'll, we'll get to this, these people in due time. That is, I think that's worth considering. Do do you guys know which show you're going to go to first? Are they coming out at the same time? Well, let's just assume that, the full season of Clone Wars is, and, and the Mandalorian, both are ready when the service drops. 
and they, you turn on the service day one and you fit your face with that choice. Where are you going first? Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go with the main course. I'm going to go with clone wars just to finish that off. Like I'm already fully immersed in that right now, you know? So, you know, I'm going to keep up with that as well. Like, like, like my appetite's wet for that. Well, for both, but you know, just get this, get that over with, and then sink my teeth into something new. I'm kind of on board there with Corey there. That uh, I mean, there's actual logic behind what he said. So, uh, which we're not used to. So, congrats, Corey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, no, seriously, it was uh, that's uh, pretty much my point. Uh, I would have um, if if they drop on the same day, which they probably won't. I think Clone Wars drops first. And uh, just for that reason, just for just to give people that closure that they've been yearning for, um, you know, with the with the the plug being pulled uh, as soon as the um, the sale was made to Disney. So I I, I believe that that's probably what's going to happen. And if they both if they both do drop at the same time, then I'm going to binge the Clone Wars just to get that over with, and then I'll jump into the 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 Landalorian. <laughs> I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll do it like that. I think I don't think they're going to dilute their own product and com- make them compete against one another. Like both give them their time to shine. Yeah, that might maybe that's the best way to do it is drop all the Clone Wars episodes at once, give it a few weeks, and then drop all the Mandalorian episodes. Maybe that's maybe that's the proper way to do it instead of either o- make, making them compete with each other or weaving them together like one week it's these guys like imagine imagine they go week one clone wars week two mandalorian week three clone wars and on and on there's a number of ways they could do it that'd be crazy it'd be so good though oh i'll be happy i will not complain one way or the other the only thing i'll complain about is just I can't, I, gotta, I gotta stay off Twitter. I gotta avoid the spoilers. I, I can't listen to X podcast this week because they're talking about something I haven't seen yet. That will suck, but uh, yeah, good problems to have. These are all first first world problems for sure. All right, let's uh, let's end the news and let's go take a break. And as we jump into our break, you're going to hear from Devin with Outer Rim Originals. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Kleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. All right, there's Devin from Outer Rim Originals. Go check that site out. Uh, the, The Luke print is not yet up there, at least the last time I checked. Let me check again right now. No, 
right now we've got a cool um, Imperial invasion. It's a bunch of at-ats shooting down <laughs> rebel, rebel troops on Hoth. Really cool print. So if that's your thing, you can check that out. The Luke print will be up soon. I will be all over it once it does drop, and I will be sure to let you guys know. But yeah, keep that that website, OuterRimOriginals.com, front of mind. And uh, if, you, if you decide to, take, uh, to pull the trigger on anything, you've got that discount code. So use it. All right, so getting into the questions this week, we kick it off with Neil. Neil says, Hi, Kyle, Corey, Carlos, Mr. Positivity here again. I'm glad Europe is getting an extra ray of sunshine. Hope Michelle is having a wonderful time. My question today is, what 12 Star Wars characters would you put on your own personal calendar? Any era, TV, move, TV movies, video games? Uh, I don't need to tell you to keep up the good work. You already do. May the Force be with you. Neil. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Yes, sir. Mr. Positivity, indeed. And yes, Michelle is, uh, right now, I think she's in London, which is pretty cool. So we say hi to the traveling Michelle if she finds the time to listen to this while she's away. Hi, Michelle. Hi. <laughs> you didn't put your usual mustard on that one, Carlos. No, it's okay. It's coming. <laughs> All right, Carlos, why don't you take this one away first? Uh, your Star Wars calendar. So my Star Wars calendar, I, I don't have 12 Star Wars characters. Uh, what I came up with was 12 versions of a character. So my ca my my calendar would be an Obi-Wan Kenobi calendar. Cool. So you, so you have the young Obi-Wan from Episode 1, and then you have... Uh, Mullet and beard, Obi Wan from Episode Two. Uh, you have the uh, "Hello there," uh, you know that meme <laughs> yeah. from from Episode Three. So, yeah, so that's that's my January, and uh, obviously uh, Obi Wan uh, holding the the lightsaber close to his chest with his eyes closed right before he gets uh, he gets force ghosted <laughs> uh, as uh, as December to to end it all. You know, and uh, so that's it. So it, my my calendar is all Obi Wan all the time. Twelve different shots of Obi Wan uh, through uh, all the the movies, and um, and that's it. That's the way I. That's the it, was it, Twin Suns Obi Wan in that. You know what? He can be, but mind your own business and answer your own question. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. I, I like that this. It's a question that captures the many moods and the many shades of Obi Wan Kenobi. That's right. It's the Obi Wan calendar. Like, if anybody get on it, like I, Steve Jobs says, that's, that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah, that's uh, when I when I read this question, Neil. That was the first thing I thought of. Once again, great question. Cool question, and yeah, cool cool way to to tackle it, Corey. What did you do with this question? I kind of just you know looked at my, some of my favorite characters and tried to associate months appropriate for them. Like, uh, start from the top here, January. I had to go with Han Solo, you know, Bespin Han, Carbonite Han, kind of cold. Uh, February went with Leia, Valentine's. She could be my Valentine. Uh, March, March went with Obi Wan, just because like March is like the dredge, you know, it's the end of winter. It's just sloppy, you know, and poor guy, he went through the ringer, so I gave him that. April I gave to Kanan because it's kind of somber. Why not? Why not Jar Jar? April Fools. 
<laughs> that too, that, would, that could be good. But yeah, just the, the somberness of that, Canaan and all that. Uh, May, May flowers, I put Ahsoka. How did you June. not put Rose? That makes absolutely no sense to me. I love Ahsoka. She needed her, please. All right, cool. Should have been your own question, man. Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, June, I put Ray, just because, you know, June's starting to get hot. July, Luke, <laughs> hot. Twin sons. Uh, August, for no particular reason. He just needed to be on the, wrist, uh, the list, but Rex. Same thing, September, Ezra. October, I guess, spooky, Sithy. I have to go with Vader. Uh, November, toss up here between the best pilots, uh, Poe, or I had to go with my girl Hera. Hera gets November, and December. Uh, December because of Christmas. Get the little Christmas loophole. I'm going to give you a little chew- Chewy and Yoda. It's been a while since you pulled a good loophole. Yeah, that's a good one. I could see them both, like you know, wearing like Santa Claus hats or something. Well, there is that. The buddies. There is that painting of Yoda in a, in a crisp in a Santa suit. It's an older. And, it's you know, it's an older painting, but it checks out. I good relations it. he has with the Wookies as well. This is true. <laughs> uh, Corey, I might. I guess I tackled it similar to you. We actually overlapped. I think in a couple places here. Uh, I kicked off mine in well, in January with with Vader, the the most chilling villain of all. <clears throat> Uh, February, I went with Hoth Leia. Uh, March, I went with the with Scarif Stormtroopers, the Shore Troopers. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Me. Spring Break. Spring Break, the Maldives, right? <laughs> by that point, by March, I'm just so fed up of, of snow and ugly cold winter and that, that wind. I, I can deal with a nice look at, at palm trees for a while and blue, blue water. Uh, April is... An underratedly crappy month around here, so I brighten it up with some Ray. Uh, my month of May goes to Ahsoka. Hey, yeah, we overlapped on that one too. What about Rose? You idiot. June, I went with Rio for the kickoff to summer. Uh, July is Tartakovsky Kenobi. August, uh, Chewie with his goggles from Solo. Uh, September. It's going to be hot in August, man. Come on. Any time is the right time for Chewie. Yeah, you're right. Think before you speak. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, September. <clears throat> I, I put Dooku in there. I, I just, I like the character, so shut your face. Nice. Uh, October. Enfys Nest. Shame on you both for not having her in your list. Uh, November. The Mandalorian. Just because it's new Star Wars. And December, I put some Force Ghost Anakin action, just playing on the whole Christmas, Christ, virgin birth type thing, the parallels to Christianity. Oh, I was thinking uh, a Christmas carol with the, the ghost of Christmas past. That works too. That works too. I- I'd love to do like a reverse calendar 12 months of, ca- of characters that you would never put on a calendar. For whatever oh, reason. That's good. They're ugly, they suck, they're overrated. But uh, I, I won't desecrate Neil's good name with, <laughs> with the negative underbelly of this question. I have a topic for the next Sip Disturbers. Oh. Yes. 12, char- 12 characters you would never put on your Star Wars calendar. Oh, this. Oh, some hot takes are going to come. 
Oh yeah. I already have them. I'm dying. I'm biting my tongue. Right I've now. got three right now, right now on my mind. And I know uh, that at least two of them are going to get a lot of eyebrows raised. Nice. Oh my goodness. If you want to hear that, you got to become a powerful friend and you'll get Sith Disturbers. What a shameless plug. Holy cow. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I couldn't have done it better myself. It was appropriate, right? Yeah, absolutely. People listening, going, hey, how, how do I get to hear that? Well, you hear it on Sith Disturbers. How do you hear Sith Disturbers? Check out our Patreon we, page. That's right. Become that's a Sith friend. Disturbers. It starts you off slowly at $2 a month. That, that gets you in the door at, for Sith Disturbers. All right, Neil. Thank you, my friend. And some good news on Neil's front. He's going to, he thought he was going to mothball his podcast. I like, I like listening to Neil's short little ditties. But he said he's gonna he's gonna step it up. He's gonna start doing longer podcasts. And uh, I, for Mister Positivity, I think that is a very positive development. So Neil, thanks for the question, and looking forward to hearing your Cloud Car podcast. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to Anthony, the rural farm farm boy. Carlos, you want to take this one? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Anthony writes, uh, Kyle, Corey, and Carlos. Uh, you might know me from a social media place as Rural Farm Boy. I'm assuming that's Twitter. Correct. Thanks for the follow. I'm a recent subscriber to your fine show. Thank you for what you do. Smart Star Wars talk going on here. Thank you very much, sir. Very nice. Thank you. That's a, that's a first. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Somebody who's the word smart? Seriously. <laughs> smart? Uh, you can say Sith. Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I just finished your most recent episode, 146. A lot went into that show, and it put a lot on my mind. Uh, Kyle was reading an email from Adam asking uh, if the use of the original drafts of the sequel trilogy would have made it better. My first thought is, coulda, shoulda, woulda, after the fact. That's just my farm boy. <laughs> a lone opinion, and no offense meant by it. Secondly, maybe not better, just different. Uh, then he writes, uh, a little bit later on, Carlos was saying, Star Wars was about the kids and for the kids. Uh, speaking for myself, I'll soon be a 52-year-old, 12-year-old. <laughs> and I don't hold on to this thing we all love too tightly. Uh, all of it, I mean, no matter what the story is, the films, comics, and novels. So he doesn't hang on to it too tightly. I, I, and I'm, I'm kind of on board with, uh, with Anthony here. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says, yeah, I'm a kid. Uh, some fo uh, folk think... Or say Star Wars isn't adult enough. Well, Star Wars was never adult. Uh, it, it never grew up. People grew up, but Star Wars didn't. Here, here. Uh, lastly, Corey was reading an email from Steve over at the San Diego Sabres radio podcast uh, about other Solo or Lando and L3 stories, which is interesting. Uh, when they announced at Celebration Anaheim that there would be a Solo standalone story, I asked, why? I do not count myself along those who went all off the tracks about it. I just asked why. Enough said. More stories? Uh, more Star Wars stories? Yes. More stories? Please. Do we need them? I guess that's a different story. Now, this is a thing that's been on my mind for many months now. Kyle said that Star Wars isn't about what we want. And Kyle is right. Ain't never been a Star Wars story <laughs> been about what we want. That's not how it works. Lucasfilm Limited shouldn't be making fan fictions. That's that. I look forward to listening to you on next week's show. Till then, may the force be with you. See you on the radio. Anthony, a.k.a. Rural Farm Boy. Anthony, thank you so much for the email. We appreciate your comments and uh, welcome aboard. 
Yeah, welcome yes, to the sir. show, Anthony. Happy to hear from you. That was that. Yeah, some fantastic thoughts, uh, kind of summarizing our last episode. Yeah, <clears throat> is it rural? Or rural, <laughs> rural. I think it's I'm, I'm actually rural. <laughs> I'm a big fan, man. Farm boy. That's pretty. Uh, I'm pretty jealous. Rural, rural, rural. That's like uh, Scooby Doo. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> Well, you know what? Like one thing I like about our podcast in particular, and it's because of the questions that we get, is that we go all over the place. I mean, we're in the prequels, the originals, the sequels, the, the animated stuff. We are all over the place in any given podcast, and I love that. I, I, I think it keeps everybody on their toes. I, I mean, we have a show outline. You do a great job with the show notes, uh, but a lot of it is just what's on the plate. Like if if you bring a you bring up a point, we'll talk about it, and who knows where it goes? Like nothing is really nothing is scripted here. So I agree with you. It's like it could be anything. You could you could bring uh, you could bring up uh, the Mandalorian, and then we're gonna have a twelve minute discussion about Rebels. And like I think that's really cool. I agree with you. It's uh, for me. It's 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 one of the most fun parts of the show. I, I think it is. It's the funnest part. Like I look, I look forward every week to the, to the questions. Yeah, you see, always trying to top me. Always, it's, it's what I see is never good enough. Just gotta... <laughs> well, I have I happen to like it better than both you guys. Womp <laughs> womp. Uh, no, it really is a lot of fun. So, I, I, you know, I, I always put out the call. Uh, most in the Facebook group, I put out the call like, "All right, guys, mailbox mailbox is open." But the truth is, the mailbox is always open, and I want anybody listening to feel free to to hit up that mailbox and send us their questions, uh, and and we'll get to them. You know, whether it's if it's if it's that week or the week after, we will definitely get to everybody's questions. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that we've ever really skipped a question. I really doubt that. Uh, one one thing I want I wanted to t- touch on, but Anthony mentioned it, or we, we we kind of forget or lose perspective on this that these are just stories. It's it's all fiction, and we should not take it too seriously. And I know we sit here, uh, you know, every week, and we capture our thoughts in audio and text and whatnot, and we talk about this day in day out, both you know, Facebook Messenger and in the Facebook group and Twitter. We're really in this, but uh, yeah. We want the movies to be up to a certain standard, but it's it's still just really. At the end of the day, this is entertainment and it's a hobby. And given the divisive nature of fandom right now, sometimes we just gotta cool down and, and remember that a little bit. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like I've always been able to take uh, take a step back. Like I'm 37, going on 12. You know what I mean? I'm exa- in the exact same boat, but. I won't be so butthurt if something is out there that I don't like or, you know, I'm always able to kind of take it with a grain of salt or just more or less just kind of understand what it is and accept that kind of going into it. And you'll never be disappointed more or less. And Star Wars has not let me down yet, man. It did for the prequels, but, you know, it didn't at the same time. I I, I love them now, you know, and even back then there was a lot of things I loved about them. But either way, like you just got to. Keep it real, man. Like, be invested, but you know, keep it real. Well, yeah, just know what what we're doing here. This is this is 
it's just, it's all fun. It's all fun and games. No, nobody's gonna die from this. Any of this. So if if you know, fandom could could really learn this lesson. If you don't like something, move away. From, just move off it. Apply your 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 energy elsewhere, or or immerse yourself into a fandom that does make you happy. Um, you know, moving on from that point, I, he I think he's totally right that Star Wars didn't grow up. We did. Like we see criticism criticisms being applied to Star Wars now that as kids we wouldn't have even thought of. And then when you look back at the OT and try to apply those things, you're like, ah, it's the OT. That's my thing. That's it's they're they're perfect. Well, they they they're not perfect. Um, yeah, and that, that yeah, that's kind of my my point there. Uh, anything else? I I got one more thing, but I'll, I'll let you guys jump in if you have anything. No, I'm good, man. No, go ahead. Well, it's just it's the whole fanfic thing. Like I told, I I am all in with Anthony on the fanfic thing. Like the entire notion of. So part of the solo backlash was we didn't ask for this movie. Like that's an absurd notion, and so is so is the notion that uh, I, I've I've actually been personally told this on social media umpteen times from from angry fans that Lucasfilm didn't even bother to to check with the fans what they wanted. They're not supposed to, dummy. You know, this isn't a we're not a, like a ten million person focus group. No, that's why they make the big bucks. They're 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 paid to make those decisions. Like y- y- you pay to watch it, so shut your pie hole. <laughs> Pretty much, like you take somebody's creative work and you accept it or you don't. It's, we're not consultants. You choose whether or not you want to uh, put your time or money into this. You're not obliged to. So if if you don't like it, walk away. Like to, in my mind. Like there's nothing that screams louder, like sense of entitlement, than fans who think they ought to be consulted by Lucasfilm on what on what movies we want and what needs to be or not be in a movie. Like, get down off your soapbox, dude. Like, there's no better way to get a bland, uninteresting, and like limp piece of storytelling than asking fans what they want to see. Like, let let me guess, right? This is what, lightsaber battles everywhere, dog fights, war, and massive force powers. That's what fans would ask for, right? Of course. Yeah. And 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 uh, uh, it wouldn't hurt to have like the 2018 version of the slave bikini. That's what a lot of fans would say. Like that that kind of thing is easy to write. You get some good choreographers. You get some good uh, CG effects artists. Done. That part's easy. It's the rest of it's hard. Like getting to the the core of the story, breaking the story, that's hard. The motivations, finding the beating heart of the story, that's the hard stuff. And as a group, fandom is in no way qualified to even come to the table to talk about that. Like I'm sure there are individuals within fandom who might have some valuable input, but as a group, it turns into an absolute gong show. So yeah. Forget that noise. Anyway, Anthony. Thanks, man. That was really cool. Yeah, much appreciated. All right, uh, Corey, we got uh, Dan Miles up next. You want to take his question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. With the mall reveal in Solo 
in mind, is it less likely a Solo 2 gets made, but instead a Maul and Enfys Nest slash Kira movie? Would Disney reveal Maul like that only for it to be a cameo and a nod to the prequel era? It seems a lot of what happens next and laid out regarding those characters at the end of Solo. So what do we think? Let's uh, let's kick it off with Carlos Candido. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm uh, Alden Ehrenreich is is he, he was signed on for three movies, so I don't see them making a movie in this timeline and not having him involved. Like there's I don't believe that. That would ha- I, don't, I don't see that happening. I just no, uh, and I think his reception as a younger Han really played well, and it, I think it would you get oh talk about backlash like you'd get so much backlash if if you don't get like Chewie and and uh, and all in, in in the movie at all, you know. So I, I don't know. I just think yeah, it's it's dangerous to go along those lines. But I understand what that what Dan's saying like. Just because of, like, that's where the intrigue is, right? Like, yeah, you could throw Han Solo with Jabba the Hutt and have him try to steal something else, and then he drops, you know, he drops the cargo, and, oh, look at that, hey, connective tissue with A New Hope. But the the real interesting story is where Kira goes and what happens with Maul before we know he dies with, uh, you know, uh, in Twin Sons. Spoilers. And, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so for me, that's where the, that's where the intrigue is. Like, is Kira Ray's mom, uh, is, uh, you know, I doubt it, but I'm just saying like, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there, you know? And like, and Fiznest, why don't we not see her in the, in the OT timeline? Like what happened? Did she, does she die before? Like, does she maybe push some of those systems that right now are teetering on, on joining the rebel Alliance? Like, like what what happens there i believe me there's a lot of stuff going on there but if you don't have han solo in the movie <laughs> you're asking for trouble that's my that's my opinion like people want han solo too and they want um they want uh more to the whole kira thing i i definitely believe me kira is the stir the 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 the, the what the stir that stirs the drink the straw whoa, whoa. the straw <laughs> yeah sorry Yes, exactly. <laughs> I blanked on straw. Woohoo! Ten, milli- ten uh, milligrams? Yeah, that was what was that? Yeah, it was about forty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it started to make sense. <laughs> so yeah, so she's the drink that stirs the drink. She's the drink that stirs the drink. Yeah, yeah. I said that on purpose. Don't be an ass. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that. I'm not gonna. I, I'll give my take after because I spoke about this on the Quick Hits podcast from last week. So I'll let you guys air out your takes before I just summarize my thoughts briefly. Corey, go ahead. Well, uh, there's a lot kind of going on here. I like what he said. There's one thing that he brought up in the fact that you know everybody loves Enfy's Nest, big surprise character in the movie, but I never really thought of her as being a thorn in Maul's side. So yeah, okay. Like in that regard, like. Why not? I always thought it was more suited for comics or whatever, but uh, um, I think there, this movie definitely <clears throat> opened many doors. And I know for a fact, I had read something 
for from Ron Howard in the, regards to the ending of this movie. And it was all a big secret up in the air to the last minute. This was not necessarily the ending from the beginning of what they had with Maul. Like Maul was one of the choices. Yeah. And when you bring Maul into the picture, it's opening that door for more stories. With the aftermath of Solo, I'm not too sure what they're going to plan on doing. Kyle's kind of banged on this drum for a while, having a loose trilogy of films, not necessarily <clears throat> saying that this is Solo 2, but, uh, you know, it's, it could be The Mandalorian or the Boba Fett film, whatever it is, you know. But, like, you have these characters within that story because there is a lot of story left to be told now. And, again, with Maul coming into the picture, why would they have used him if they don't plan on using him again? It's kind of odd, so at the time, I think they believed they had a hit on their hands. It was going to be a Star Wars smash hit. <clears throat> and uh, it didn't necessarily go down that path. So it's kind of obscure now, the future of these, this franchise. But I have to say that, like Carlos, to waste Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover, I think both of them have to... Ne- they don't necessarily have to be the leads, you know, but to definitely have a role in this film... If they wanted to wrap it at the end of this film, they could have easily put Jabba at the end. You know what I mean? Then it ties all the things together. Like, okay, the next time you see him, you know why Han's in trouble and blah, blah, blah. But to have Maul again, it it opened too many doors to not have left us curious, man, and, and wanting more. Like, I'm totally on board with this film. I want more. And it's just unfortunate the circumstances surrounding it because... We don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. Well, okay, so just to summarize, so last week on the Quick Hits podcast, I had mentioned um, Star Wars Newsnet had run a poll about, uh, you know, another a sequel should be focused on what character. And Maul won their poll going away. Like, he was the overwhelming choice. And Ron Howard caught wind. Uh, no, sorry, John Kasdan caught wind of the question. And said, "Oh, funny enough, like Maul, like we were the we, the sequel was going to center on Maul. That's what we were talking about. Now, what we don't know is who's we and what were you talking about? Who were you talking about it with? Was it? It could be just as innocuous as you know, father and son just kind of kicking <clears throat> kicking tires as to oh, wouldn't this be cool next? Oh yeah, that'd be great. And then that's it." Or did this get any higher? Was was any serious chatter around this had? We don't know, and we probably never will. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I, I I don't think Maul was brought back in Solo just for a quick spin around the block. You know, uh, tell tell Kira to come to Dathomir, and, and we'd never see him again. I think they they wanted they want to and want plan to uh, go deeper with Maul. But um, we might have to just settle for the cameo bit. That that mean that I guess that leaves Enfys Nest and and Kira as players that we'll see. I'm one way or another we're going to see their stories play out. When and how I have no clue. But uh, yeah, I I really thought I think that there was there's a loose plan somewhere for Maul. There's no way they brought him back. Build uh, the shock value of that. There's no way they they just did that just just for you know shits and giggles at the end of Solo. No way. But one one thing that 
kind of contradicts it all is, you know, saying this Han Solo 2 and blah, blah, blah. Had Han ever caught wind and or seen Maul, there's no way he would have been in New Hope. Like, oh, it's all magic and trickery, you know? Yeah, that, and that's one of the things I, I had mentioned in the quick hits is that um, if, depending on how, how, if Maul wanted to roll up his sleeves and really get involved with chasing down Han and Chewie and whoever they're running with, like that, that in itself is knee jerk is like, wow, cool. But man, is that fan service he has an idea. Maul chasing down Han Solo. And then, of course, I'm sure Han would be witness to some force tricks, which he he would have to brush off as as simple tricks and nonsense. He wouldn't have a choice because that that text is already laid out for us in A New Hope. And you know what's also interesting about this whole thing too is that this is what it all alludes to. Really, is the the Twin Suns episode, right? And Rebels. Well, more so Rebels, I guess, because what happened to his empire? What leads him to become the shadow? Does the Emperor kind of finally get fed up with him and want to stamp him out or whatever it is? He got too powerful. But what leads him to become this exile, like just a complete like uh, recluse by the time we meet him in, in that in Rebels, you know? Well, it, it, uh, Twilight of the Apprentice was supposed to be Vader versus Maul. And they walked away from that idea. So maybe that's where you pick it up again in a sequel where it's, it's Vader that comes in to crush Maul and Crimson Dawn. Maybe they, and he pro- fails again. Well, he would, yeah, he, he would have to, Vader would have to fail. So maybe you don't do that because you don't want Vader to fail too much on screen. Um, but yeah, maybe the empire somehow, some way knocks off, uh, Maul and sends him running. Maybe, maybe you send off inquisitors to chase off Maul. Even though Maul seemed to kind of laugh, laugh at the idea of of Inquisitors, he made short work of at least what, two or three of them. Two. Oh, maybe even all three. Yeah, all three. I saw it the other day. So I mean, I don't know. The idea of Maul versus Vader—that's got to get you excited a little bit. Just like the little fan servicey part of you that just wants a spectacle. Vader versus Maul would be cool. So maybe that's maybe that's an avenue they could pursue in the future. I guaranteed a lot of people uh, not pleased with the direction of Star Wars would man oh man they would start doing backflips if you if you gave them the promise of Maul versus Vader on screen. This is what I asked for. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I mean, just to bring it all together, I don't think at all that Maul was just brought in for for a quick cameo. So there you go. No. But again, I also heard that Ron Howard made a last minute, not in the last, last minute, but it was discussed kind of last minute, like how is it going to end? Let's go with option whatever. Well, didn't Ron, you know? didn't Ron Howard say it was his son? Yeah, like yes, yes. His, yeah, son had, his, his 30-year-old son had kind of said, it's got to be Maul and blah, 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 blah. And so they, that kind of helped make the choice for them. Something to that, to that effect. Oh, I kind of wonder what the Kazans had in, in store, you know? Yeah, I don't know. They, they, uh, 
somewhere there's a list, and I think there's a couple names in the list. I don't I don't know if Jabba was one of them, but yeah, Jabba Jabba was one of those names. Maul was a name, obviously. There were a few people that they were kicking around as who is this shadowy boss going to be? And uh, yeah, they went with Maul, and it works either way. Like if it's if it's a cameo, okay. You pick up from if we never see Maul again on screen. Uh, you go to uh, if you want to read what what he did with the rest of his life. You can easily read uh, Son of Dathomir, which well, that's think, before this. Yeah, it though. T- yeah, it takes place before. But you know, if you want the uh, the full Maul story, you got to read that, and it's worth a read. It's it's actually quite good. Uh, and then of course, yeah, I guess after that. It's it's twin sons, right? Whatever happens in Rebels, that would be what's next, right? As far as the the Maul timeline goes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, him and Ezra have a little do a little dance. Yeah, but still, I don't, I don't know. I think it's worth exploring how Maul gets chased out of Crimson Dawn and how that all comes crashing down. I don't know that it needs to be the center of, of a movie. My two cents. Okay, so uh, Dan, thank you, sir. Great question this week. All right, and then our friend Rick is going to wrap it up for us this week. And Rick writes in this week, I was wondering what thing kept you guys involved with Star Wars. We love the mov- movies first and foremost, but what stoked your love to keep your ser- you searching for more? Was it the old toys, the expanded universe uh, books, the Dark Horse comics, or any of the animated shows? For me, after the toy lines dried up and the dark times began, Dark Empire brought me back in. The launch of the toys in the early 90s kept me going, as did the promise of new movies when we started to hear about the prequel trilogy. What about you guys? I'd love to hear about your experiences. Thanks for a a great show, and may the Force be with you. Uh, Corey, I... you and I are probably going to have similar answers considering we grew up together. So let's let Carlos take this one. Yeah. So, sorry. Just eating a spoon of peanut butter. Um, (laughs) Gross. Just one. (laughs) So far. Um, So what kept me going really was the movies, just the love for the movies. I never really ever, went more than a year without watching the trilogy, either binging uh, four, five, and six um, with friends, like on when we had sleepovers and, and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I, it never really went away for me. Uh, I have that OCD nature where my I, I watch my favorite movies over and over. So it never really went away. But obviously the news of the prequel trilogy uh rekindle that and then so that was good for 11 years and then in 2005 after revenge of the sith it was all over and there was no hope for new movies at that point and um i i think what what rekindled it for me at that point was probably 2008, uh, 2009, 
uh, with uh, my son being around three years old and introducing him to the prequels. Uh, so that's uh, that kind of kept it alive, but it never really died for me. It never really died. Like, and I never really, I never got the toys. I never fell in line with the comics. It was, it was just the movies, just the love for the movies. And uh, you know, I, we, I didn't go, out, I didn't go out and and publicize my love for Star Wars. I think Kyle was surprised when he found out I was a Star Wars fan after knowing each other for years on Twitter. Uh, mainly through, uh, you know, hockey Twitter. Yeah. And, um, well, sports Twitter. Let's just call it sports Twitter. And, um, yeah, so, but it was always there. I was always a, always a fan. And um, I don't know if, obviously, the, pod, the, the podcast really, the podcast and my kids being the ages that they are with the new content just obviously put everything into overdrive. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming everybody with kids uh, ranging in the ages of six to twelve, like mine, I, I, they probably feel the same way, you know. So that's it. That's what uh, really kept. Uh, that's what really kept me uh, going. I have more specific answers, uh, more you know, but I'm, I'm saving those for uh, worthy of recognition. Aha! There you go, uh, Corey. Do you want me to go? You can fill in the blanks if I if I leave any because you you seem to have this eidetic memory from times when you were like two. Well, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I don't have much to say on this. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, I I think I'll, I'll echo Carlos a lot. Like it was the mid '80s when I got into Star Wars in the first place. Like by the time we got into it, Return of the Jedi toys were into the uh, the the dollar bin. So in a way, we're like we're kind of the youngest of first generation fans, so to speak. And then from the mid '80s right through, I'd, I'd say the early '90s, we watched those movies incessantly. The, the dark times to me never existed. It was just I that was for me filling my time with Star Wars. So I, I can't say that I ever air quotes needed anything to stoke my love for the franchise it was just it was always there those three movies were enough to satiate me um like collecting wasn't a thing obviously in at that time at all i mean i guess there were older people who did collect but for a 12 year old and and under you play with the toys and when you're done with them you throw them out uh star wars yeah star wars toys kind of were what they were and we moved on from those which is why they're so desired now. But uh, by the early 90s, my focus had shifted from Star Wars uh, to comics to sports, sports cards. But very quickly, that 94, 95, so we're talking a span of maybe two years. Of Maybe there was a bit of a cooling period for me in Star Wars, but not really. Like I still remember watching the movies all the time. Uh, the, the THX home releases, like that... Just that, to ha- finally have like an official, non-bootlegged uh, VHS copy of the movies meant the world to me. And so I started watching the hell out of those movies again. And now we knew that the special editions were on the way. Uh, the prequels were on the way. So it was, yeah, kind of shifting into overdrive at that point. And uh, of course, then came the prequels and all the madness that came with that. There was a bit of a lull, I would say, after Re- Revenge of the Sith. 
But soon after came the Clone Wars, which, uh, for lack of a better word, just kept the seat warm uh, for the for the Disney announcement, and you know what that did to to myself and to you guys and fandom. By this point, we're full blown adults with families. It's like for, for me, there was never much of a, of a downtime with Star Wars, so. I didn't need anything to sort of jumpstart my fandom again, if that makes sense. Corey, does your story differ any? Dude, it's it's uncanny how pretty much word for word I'm the same. I'm like, gotten highlights. Born in '81. <laughs> Funny how like, that works. We grew up together. Well, it's just really weird. We could feel differently, like you know what I mean. But it's just so weird. Like I have so many of the same points here. Like born in '81. Like Carlos said, we were kind of OCD about movies that we liked, but Star Wars was always like a, a foundation. It was a pillar. You know, there were certain movies, okay, we'd watch the shit out of like uh, Commando, Predator, stuff like that. But Star Wars was a constant fallback, always. And like Carlos said, we kind of grew up and we were playing sports a lot more and doing different things. But it, it was always there in the background, always. And then, like Kyle said, THX, followed by special edition, then the prequels. Like, we were so young when that happened. Like, and then it just came one after another. So there was no ever any lull. The Clone Wars, the Disney buyout, Rebels. It's just insane. Like, it's. I love it. I love the fact that uh, we never. Well, at a time we had kind of given up after Revenge of the Sith. We didn't know what was going to go on. Like we felt the pangs and the pains, but it's also because our passion has has led us to that point. You know where? Yeah, I, don't know. I, I would say that that that's probably if if there was ever a point where I was like, well, okay, well, it's time to put this away. Sort of, it was it was after Revenge of the Sith. It was not during the 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 accepted dark times. It was it was oh six oh seven. Even like, like Clone Wars, the movie was such a blip on the radar. It was such a passing thing that th- those would be my dark times. Yeah, yeah even point, me like, too, because I, I didn't watch the Clone Wars series when it was live. You know, I did and I didn't. So it was like, well, that that's where we differ. Because I I was an every night like for for us in Canada, I don't I can't remember when it aired globally or in the U.S. It was but Saturdays or Sundays. Sun, Sunday nights at. I think like dinner time. It was the most inconvenient time, but I would leave the dinner table and go watch. This is before I had uh, a PVR, so I would I would be like, "Okay, I'm skipping out for 25 minutes," and I'd go downstairs and watch Clone Wars, and I was mesmerized. But that was that was that was half an hour once a week. It was it was really something that just Clone Wars really kept the seat warm. That might be Clone Wars' greatest legacy is is how it kind of kept the motor running until 2012. But not only that, I think the fact that we were so young, the THX and the special edition, knowing that the prequels were coming, it always, like you said, fueled the fire. And not only that, like once I think we had word of the prequels, the EU and the expanded universe stuff became a lot more interesting. Like I remember this encyclopedia I had of characters that was just, I mean, we'd take a lot of trips with the family in the car, you know, be in the car for like two, three hours at a time and just conversing over stuff like Kyle had the technical book and I'd be like reading like did you know this did you know that like even though none of it counts anymore it was well, it's, it's very I, I love how George kind of 
set this all up where like the, the, it's almost like the THX releases financed the special editions the special editions financed the prequels and if all, all the the merch in between kind of went to feed like feeding into the, the, the larger processes going on at Lucasfilm and let's be honest of the force let, let's be honest here if you think that the Clone Wars being animated had nothing to do with Disney being in, wanting to get involved with Star Wars, seeing the possibilities that existed, seeing as how Disney, the majority of their of their uh, of their business comes from the animated side. That's more Lucas's genius, man. No, but, no, but I'm just saying that that played a, like that played into. I'm sure the Clone Wars played into the part uh, a part of of Disney wanting to acquire Lucasfilm in the first place. Yes, sir. Well, they, they, they it's not the first time they had spoken. Like Lucas had a relationship with Disney going back years and years, and I'm sure there's stories about this. I just I'm fuzzy on the details now, but they they had spoken before, and so when George came to sell, it was Disney or bust. Really, in his mind, there was other suitors, but I think George really wanted to make the deal with Disney first and foremost. Um, yeah, you're right, Carlos. Maybe the Clone Wars was fired up to, you know, for Disney to see, oh, this is what's possible, right? Imagine, imagine Pixar handling Star Wars animation. That could have been a, maybe that could have been a thing that happened at some point. Pixar in collaboration with Lucasfilm. No way, man. I think it, I see it. I always see it more as George having to get something off his chest. Oh, for sure. Like it, it can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. George had a story it, to tell. Here's a way we can do it. And the 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 Clone Wars are are, are so much better than you think. <laughs> it's true. You got nothing of them from the, the the movies. You know what I mean? Like watching the series and uh, tying it in with the films gives you a real uh, such a richer understanding of those films no question yeah no absolutely no question yeah uh, clone wars for sure played a played a role because what clone wars was killed after season five in like I, I think it was 2012 early 2012 and disney made the they made it was october 2012 right it was just over six years ago or it's, yep. it, we're about to hit that anniversary. I, I don't know the exact date, but it's soon. Uh, and it's that type of discussion doesn't. It's not because George picked up the phone on a Monday. Uh, Bob, hey, you want to buy this? Want to buy Star Wars for me? Four and a half billion bucks. Done. Cool. Let's do it. Like this is something that probably was a conversation being had for months, if not years. I th- I think they got a quite quite a good deal. Looking back now, it's like. I could have got 10. Well, I think he got fair market. George is no slouch. He's not, he wasn't giving, giving it away. No, I know. But still. But yeah, I wonder, what Disney, I, wouldn't, I wonder what Disney would get for it today if they sold it. A lot more than what they paid. They would have paid. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I know based on your age, you're going to have a, a much different answer for this. But yeah, we got into it later. So our timeline is, is a little more compressed and leaves less room uh, for those dark times to really set in. But uh, if you guys want to chime in, you can definitely let us know. or We can uh, table this in the Facebook group. Rickman, thank you so much. Thank Rick's been super engaged. 
I got to yep. thank Rick. Like from the from leaving page, uh, Patreon comments to uh, really really stoking the fire on the Facebook group. Rick, thank you, man. Sending in questions. Terrific stuff, Rick. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We are out of here. So, um, like I say, every week we ask you guys to throw questions at us. But uh, if you want, you can always email the new address. It's tumblingsaber at gmail.com. You can always email me anytime with any Star Wars question, and we will get to that. Um, and we also uh, want to have all of you part of the show. So please do that. So let's say let's quickly say thank you to the, to Rob Wade, powerful friend and owner and operator of emotionally14.com. Let's thank him for endorsing this podcast on emotionally14.com. So be sure to check that out and you can check out his podcast while you're there, the Crazy Train podcast. It's hilarious. And uh don't forget if you're looking for more variety in your Star Wars podcasting, be sure to check out starwarscommonwealth.com. We've got 10 shows for your listening pleasure. All of them bring something a little different to the table. And I'm I'm sure you will definitely find what you need there. Uh, so that's it. Guys, where can we find you on the Twitter machine? Carlos. Find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow my Facebook page uh, at uh, Carlos Candido Music. CarlosCandidoMusic.com is my website. And uh, we're trying to push to get a few more patrons this month. Uh, we're going to uh, send out a Millennium Falcon microfighter with Chewie in the, the pilot seat. Uh, if we uh, get a couple of more patrons this month, then I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the prize draw and we'll have fun with that. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Cardos Creates. Excellent. Corey. Well... You can find me at Chop Rules with a Z on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't sure. Um, Michelle, you can find the vacationing Michelle at tediously underscore brief. She'll be back late this month, maybe early November. We'll figure that part out. Uh, And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. And don't forget, guys, if you're still listening, you can please come join our uh, tumbling saber facebook group it is a ton of fun in there come check it out have some fun if you like what you heard of this podcast you know as every week we talk about our patreon program get on board become a powerful friend we've got so much stuff i've i've added three or four things lately with the quick hits podcast uh with the ad free show lots of stuff coming and i've got one more thing it's not a podcast, but it's one more thing that we'll do. Uh, if you're thinking of becoming a powerful friend, now's the time to do it. So go check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, and we'll hopefully find you there. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And until episode 148, we'll talk to you later. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see
Your voice is sending shivers to shout right through my spine.